0: Amends by Ariella Stoyan Night A storm brews, grumbling, about to break. Wind buffets a decrepit Victorian mansion, one light on in an upstairs window. A crack of thunder, a roof tile comes loose, sliding to the ground. It smashes, but the noise is lost to the gale. Inside, Sister Galen, a hollow-faced nun in her late 50s, drags 17-year-old Mireia down a hallway by her long, loose, tawny hair.
1: Sloppy, slovenly, sinful.
0: The sister throws Mireia to the ground, still with a grip on her scalp. Morea cowers at her feet, shivering against the cold floor.
1: I'm sorry, Sister Galen.
0: Sister Galen leans over her. Her voice is almost kind as she says...
1: Don't let the devil get a hold of you, Marea.
0: Sister Galen pulls her fingers through the strands of Marea's soft hair, almost covetous. Marea wills herself not to move one muscle. As the house sways in the storm, she is the only still thing left. Sister Galen's eyes bore into her, searching for transgressions, for guilt, for refusal. After a lifetime, she speaks.
1: It would be better if we just cut it off.
0: Sister Galing clears her throat. She straightens herself, smoothing down her habit. Fix it! She steps over Mireia, clipping down the hall. Morea remembers how to breathe. In the washroom, Mireia plaits her long hair in front of a large rusted brass mirror, pulling it together as tightly as possible, banishing strays, proofing against grabbing hands. She tugs her hair so tightly that a chunk of it comes loose in her hand. She winces, but keeps going. In the mirror, she sees a peeling painting of the mansion hanging on the wall behind her, of when it was first built pre-decrepit. A crack of lightning flashes, dazzling Mireya. She flinches, blinks, sees the lids of her eyes flash red. And at the same time, the painting behind her tumbles from the wall, clattering to the floor. She gasps. No, Morea thinks, not this trouble. She turns to face her fate and finds a hole in the wall, newly uncovered, where the painting once hung. Morea walks over. She examines what's left of it, frame now mangled, the mansion torn in two. She rubs her thumb over the painting's title, "Maudlin's home for misplaced girls. Maria turns her attention to the hole, It's rough-hewn and appears to lead deeper into the house, a tunnel between the walls. She hears something, like music drifting out like dizzied dust held by the air. What could it be? Mireya looks around the room behind her. She catches a glimpse of herself, one plait loose, eyes webbed red, and decides. She hauls herself into the hole and begins to crawl. On her hands and knees, Mireya creeps along the dugout space, reluctant witness to her own harried breath. The tunnel constricts, her head now below her shoulders. She arrives at a narrow opening. She shuffles around, trying to turn back, but what? Through her knees, she sees the wall has seemingly sealed up, nothing but darkness stretching forever and no room to reverse. She takes a shallow gulp of stale air, sends a small plea to her long-dead mother, and squeezes herself forward, through the opening, wriggling and panting, limb by contorted limb. On the other side, she hears a noise, a child scream. She pauses, then crawls further forward, spying light ahead, filtered by a vent. She looks through into what appears to be a bathroom. A young girl, barely ten, is pushed to her knees by a nun. With a smack, she lands on the tiles.
1: Stop squealing, Galen, you prideful thing! Galen? Please, Sister Catherine!
0: Sister Catherine ignores her. With a pair of scissors, she begins to hack off chunks of Galen's hair.
1: You'll be better for it.
0: She whispers close to her ear. Galen muffles a sob. After an aggressive snip of the scissors, the tap fixture clatters loose, water spurting out. Sister Catherine curses. Damn it! Mireia pulls away from the vent. It can't be. She scrambles further down the tunnel, scraping her palms. Galen's sobs fade behind her. <laughs> the tunnel seems endless, the walls pressing in on every side, until Mireia finally arrives at a small red door blocking her way. Nowhere else to go. She turns the doorknob and the door swings outward. To Morea it almost seems like the door stretches as it opens, scaling up but it can't be, just a trick of the eye. She emerges from behind a portrait of Jesus on the cross. Tears of blood adorn his cheeks, the air behind him rouged by flame. Morea looks around and finds herself in an elegant, understated office lit by candles. She brushes herself off and walks toward the heavy door. Just as a stately sister of advanced age enters, swathed in her own eminent authority, Morea all but jumps. The sister smiles with the tolerant patience of experience.
1: I didn't mean to startle you, dear. I am Sister Maudlin, and you must be… I must be… Our newest sister. Uh, I… Chatty, aren't we?
0: Sister Maudlin reaches out toward Marea's messy, half-plaited hair. She holds it as gently as if it might fly away. She looks pointedly at the dirt on Marea's dress.
1: I do hope your journey wasn't too taxing, dear. There is a basin in your room for you to… freshen up before you begin your duties.
0: In the dining hall downstairs, Morea, now dressed in a crisp habit, oversees half a dozen girls as they sip soup quietly, noses deep in grey bowls. Mireya's gaze drifts to the cropped, spiky head of Galen, her scalp sticky with drying blood. Feeling eyes on her, Galen sneaks a look up. A flash of large dark eyes. Morea flinches and looks away. At the end of the meal, Galen stands, holding her plate ready in line for the cleaning trough. She shuffles up a place but stumbles on a loose stone, dropping her plate with a loud clatter, her cutlery spinning away. Silence descends on the hall. Nobody moves. A few girls look at Morea expectantly. Marea walks over to Galen, who recoils in anticipation. She whispers, too ashamed for Decibels.
1: I'm sorry, sister. I didn't mean to. I'll clean it. I'm sorry.
0: Marea knows what to do, has seen it many times, and lived its example. Galen waits, resolved to the inevitable, as Mireia raises her hand, palm up. She looks down at the child trembling before her. Not the child, Galen. Sister Galen. She clenches a fist and holds it still. The room holds their collective breath, unnerved by her pause. What fresh hell is this? Morea lowers her hand. She crouches down and picks up Galen's plate. Eye to eye with her, Morea hands it back. Best
1: get on now and catch up with the others.
0: Galen stares at her, wide-eyed as Morea walks away. The room erupts with murmurs. Later that night, Mireya lies in her small bed in her cupboard-sized room, still dressed, eyes wide and tracing cracks on the ceiling. A storm grouses outside, spitting and rumbling. No sleep. Worry, instead. Is this a dream? How do I get back? And why would I want to? Her thoughts are interrupted by a familiar scream, followed by a heavy thud. Galen. She swings herself out of bed, heart pounding. Maria creeps unnoticed down the hall, following the muted sound of scuffling. She arrives at the open door of a large library, lit by a roaring fire. She peers around the corner just as Sister Catherine wallops Galen in the face. Galen droops, but Sister Catherine holds her up by one arm. In the corner of the room, the ceiling sags and finally gives. Rainwater pours in from the storm outside, pattering onto the carpet as Sister Catherine swings again.
1: Where did you think you were going? I'm sorry, Sister. My head was hurting, so I thought to run water over it. Is that what you thought, Galen? Yes, Sister. But oh, you shouldn't, Sister. You're suffering as part of your penance. Promise me no more screaming. I promise, sister.
0: Sister Catherine pushes Galen toward the lit fireplace by the back of her neck, head down. Before she knows why, Maria steps out. Sister. Sister Catherine whips around, surprised.
1: Sister Maria, was it? It's a bit late to be out for a stroll, don't you think? It is a bit late, and yet we're both out of bed. What well, seems to be the problem, sister? The problem. As you'll soon get used to is young Miss Galen. She's bound for trouble. Are you now?
0: Marea asks Galen, but Galen says nothing, head down.
1: It seems to me that it would be best for everybody if we call it a night.
0: Sister Catherine frowns.
1: You can never call it a night when it comes to stamping out sin, Sister Maria. In fact, the night time favours it. You've given her a good beating already and she'll seek forgiveness in the
0: morning. Sister Catherine becomes very still. A warning creeps up Maria's spine, but she stands her ground. Sister Catherine looks her up and down, almost amused.
1: Sweethearted, aren't you? Just barely hatched.
0: The room feels too hot, warmed by the popping fire.
1: I'll walk Galen to bed now. No, sister. We've no need of your assistance.
0: A bead of sweat slithers down Maria's stomach.
1: No trouble. You sure are natural to the midnight hours. Aren't you, Sister Maria?
0: Don't let your voice quaver.
1: I feel God whatever hour. Now, how about we all try to to get some sleep?
0: Maria's voice sounds thin to her own ears. Sister Catherine looks at Galen, deliberately absent.
1: See, now there's no more to be done here.
0: Sister Catherine laughs without (laughs) humour.
1: Oh no, sister, there's always more to do. You can stay and watch if you'd like.
0: Sister Catherine tugs Galen toward the fireplace and Galen doesn't even struggle. No! Maria grasps at Sister Catherine but to no avail as she forces Galen's skull into the fireplace, searing her remaining tufts of hair. Galen screams a scream to curdle blood to unstitch matter into its composite elements to freeze the rain for just a moment before its molecules remember physics. The walls groan with Galen's pain and the fire bounces from its hearth, absconding with the carpet. The flames spread around Sister Catherine's feet. She yelps from the heat, trying to stamp the fire out. Mireya uses the distraction to grab Galen out from her talon grip. Mireya hoists Galen up and bundles her out of the room as Sister Catherine screeches behind her. Maria carries a glassy-eyed Galen down the hall. Behind them, Sister Catherine emerges, her habit now completely aflame, pursuing them alight with righteous bloody vengeance. Where the flaming sister runs, paintings fall, vases explode, the floor cracks and breaks, marking her passage. She is thunder and force and catching up. Maria decides she should probably run faster. She lets her knees know and after some negotiation they creak up a gear. Not enough. Mireya tries a door, but it's locked. She tries another, locked. And another, open. Thankfully, she rushes inside. Mireya and Galen dash into the dark chapel. In the marble silence, Galen whimpers. (laughs) She presses herself against Mireia's chest, clutching her with thatched eyes. She tangles her hands in Mireya's long hair, where it has escaped from her habit. Mireya looks around, her vision adjusting to the darkness. Pews lead in rows toward an altar. A seven-foot crucifix behind it recedes into the ceiling gloom. She looks down and sees the ugly red of exposed flesh on Galen's head, radiating heat. She carries her over to a basin of holy water, gently splashing the water onto Galen's burns. Mireya coos, trying to comfort her.
1: It's okay. You'll be alright. It's going to be…
0: The doors burst open and Sister Catherine walks in, her habits still smouldering, her face charred red and black. She points one bony finger in accusation.
1: I see you, foul creature. I know you.
0: Maria backs up toward the altar, cradling Galen. Sister Catherine follows her, arm extended, flesh cracked.
1: He sees you, and through him, I
0: work. Sister Catherine lunges at Morea, but Morea dodges behind the altar. Sister Catherine lets out a guttural growl of frustration, but cannot change her direction in time. She has too much momentum. She crashes, with all her righteous force, into the humongous crucifix at the front of the chapel. A crack, its foundation broken. Sister Catherine looks up as a weeping Jesus, nailed to the cross, topples down onto her, his crown of thorns driven into her own burnt forehead, crushing her skull, snuffing all remaining flames. Mireia pants, not believing her eyes. Blood spreads. She swallows. She swallows again. Swallowing doesn't seem to be working though, as she still has not quite caught up with the grim situation before her. Galen groans. Mm
1: Are you all right?
0: Galen looks up and nods weakly. Maria holds her tight, shielding Galen from the gruesome fate of Sister Catherine. Galen hugs her back. Minutes later, Maria kicks open Sister Maudlin's office door. It's empty, quiet inside. She gently places Galen on a brown leather armchair. She picks up the phone on Sister Maudlin's large oak desk. Dials. The phone rings. Maria waits, trying to control her breathing.
1: Hello? We need an ambulance. One of the children has been badly burnt and and one of the sisters has had an accident. Sister Maudlin's office. Hurry.
0: Please. She hangs up. She goes over to Galen, who is barely awake.
1: Galen? Galen? Yes? Sister? Help is on the way. It won't be much longer. Are you an angel, sister?
0: Maria's eyes fill with hot tears. She cups Galen's cheeks and kisses her on the forehead.
1: Be kind, Galen.
0: Morea leaves Galen curled on the armchair. She takes one last look around. Behind Maudlin's desk, she opens the painting of Jesus on the cross and, with profound relief, discovers the portal she came through. She hoists herself into the hole and closes the painting behind her, tugging it back into the unmistakable shape of a small red door. Sister? Galen calls weakly, but no one is there. Mireya crawls through the passage. In the distance, she hears ambulances arriving at the home. Their sirens jangle and echo down the tunnel like music. She squeezes through the narrow turns and follows the way back. Maria arrives in the old washroom, the storm still raging outside. She jumps down out of the hole. In the mirror she catches a glimpse of herself, still in her habit, covered in blood and soot, her hair sticking out, wild. A crash of thunder and the mirror cracks. Sister Galen gasps from the doorway, taking in the room and chaos within.
1: What have you done?
0: Maria turns around to face a now middle-aged Galen, Galen stumbles back, stunned.
1: Where did you get that?
0: Galen asks, taking in Mireya's ripped habit. Galen. Mireia says, voice steady. Galen narrows her eyes and something shifts. A recognition for the first time. It wriggles to the surface, not yet in words.
1: Do you remember me, Galen?
0: Maria walks towards Galen and pushes back the older sister's habit. On Galen's head, she finds the burn amongst still, short hair, now peppered with grey. She rubs her thumb over the smooth, silvery skin of the long-ago burn, her eyes filling with tears. Galen tries to pull the habit back over her head, ashamed.
1: Please.
0: Galen begs Morea, unsure of what she's asking for. Maria sighs and kisses Galen on the forehead, in the exact same spot as all those years before. Galen hesitates, raising her hand. She reaches for a strand of Mireia's hair. She allows herself a moment, just a moment, to hold it, to feel it, before... (sniffs) Galen slaps Mireia hard, and takes a step back. Mireya's head snaps to the side. She stumbles, but regains balance. She meets Galen's eyes, which are wide with surprise and something else, something that might be fear. Blood dribbles from the corner of Mireia's mouth. You're the... ''Devil!'' Galen declares. A loose branch hits the window, shattering the glass. The wind and rain come streaming in. Morea stands in the centre of it all, staring at Galen full of pity.
1: ''You've made a mess! You've broken and ruined it all! You're sick! You're wrong!''
0: The roof strains, creaks. Marea steps toward Galen. Galen takes another step back.
1: ''No more!''
0: Morea stops.
1: I'm sorry about what happened to you, Galen. What happened to me? You didn't deserve it. Who... who are you? You know who I am.
0: Morea walks past Galen to the door.
1: Wait! No! You can't leave! Not again.
0: Morea turns back. Galen stands in the middle of a tempest, suddenly very small. Morea closes her eyes and stows her heart.
1: You can leave too.
0: Maria turns and walks out. The mansion shakes and quakes, losing bits of itself to the storm, one light on upstairs. Through the window, a figure stands alone. Another makes her way across the windswept grounds, out of the gates, and into the world. Voices performed by Charlotte Keith. Narration by Nathan Châtelier.